Hey, Murphy here. I'm a former heroin addict and current alcoholic, and you're listening to Self-Medicated Weekly Dose, a podcast all about drugs and the people who use them. As always, this program is inspired by the harm reduction movement, informed by my personal experience using all sorts of drugs for damn near 30 years, and enlightened by my special guests. Speaking of, I got a tremendous one joining me today. She's a very funny stand-up comedian and filmmaker who recently made her late-night debut on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, just the other day, I watched her set from the Netflix is a Joke Festival, had me howling. Also, her debut comedy album comes out tomorrow, which is her birthday. And, uh, well, tomorrow from today when we're recording this episode, uh, but by the time you're listening to it, it will be in the future. So her debut comedy album will be available for you to pick up. It's called Follow-Up Question. Please welcome to the program, Kenny Smobley. Hello. Hello, hello. Oh, oh, folks are excited. All right, all right. Wow. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Happy early birthday, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, better than belated birthday, it feels like, to get in there early so you don't you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. flub it late. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so whenever this does air. But, yeah, your, your, your album is, uh, is a follow-up question. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so you taped this recently. How would you feel about the taping? Uh, it, was, it was good. I liked it. I had a good time. Um, I did it at one of my favorite places, which is Union Hall in Brooklyn. Ooh, great spot. It's a great spot. And in my set, I usually do ask people a lot of questions. I think I have a background in psychology. So to me, people and how they react to things are terribly interesting. And I do often find myself during my set being like, why did you react that way? And I got <laughs> to do that several times and people recorded it and we put it on an album. Excellent. Congrats. I, uh, I can't wait to hear it. Thank you. In the meantime, let's dive on into this episode here, starting with our first segment, The Substance Report. This is the question. Do junkies' lives matter? We all know full well the mainstream media's narrative on substance use is absolute garbage. So what I like to do here is grab some of the top drug-related stories in the news and give them proper coverage. This one here is from the New York Times. Uh, this is a, uh, the, the headline says, The one where Matthew Perry writes an addiction memoir. In Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, the actor gets serious about sobriety, mortality, colostomy bags, and pickleball. Um, now, uh, Kenise, I don't know if you saw this, but he did this Diane Sawyer interview. Uh, big thing, he's got his memoir coming out. So, you know, Diane Sawyer sat down with him to do this thing. Now, uh, I don't know how much you know about Matthew Perry and his deal. Um, but I don't know if you watched Friends even. I didn't really watch the program. I did watch Friends. I watched it both, like, I watched it off and on growing up because it was on all the time. But then during the pandemic, no, right before the pandemic, I have a thing where I try to watch 100 new movies every year, and a movie can be a movie or it can be a season of television, but I watch 100 new things. And one year I was like, I'm just watching Friends, top to bottom, all of Friends. And I did it. And uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it through the commitment. I made it. I did. I commit because I started it and I was like, gosh, darn it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going <laughs> to finish this. Um, and yeah. Oh, and I, fix it. I you should not- <laughs> fix it. Yeah, yeah, it should be fixed. Hopefully we do a new one and we don't have a lot of the same issues. Let's reboot um, it. The yeah. inherent misogyny, the weird whiteness of New York, all that yes, stuff. We, yes, we New York is better. a fantasy land in there that does not exist in real life in any way. Apartment size. Never. I was like, they, they don't smell piss. They don't do nothing. They don't take the train. Nope. Please. Yeah. Nope. Um, yeah, it was, a, I mean, a great ensemble cast. I mean, the, a dynamite, the talented cast for sure. I'll give them that. But not my program. Not for me. 
Uh, aside from that, Matthew Perry has since now multiple times. So he, he had some issues. He had to walk away from the show from friends. So he wrote this memoir all about his uh, his alcohol, Vicodin use. He got to the point where he was, you know, almost uh, killing himself. And so he, he said 55 Vicodin pills a day. He spent nine million dollars on rehab in the in the neighborhood of, uh, which is a nice luxury to float out to people. Um, I don't even how know how, can, dude, when you're overpaying, when you're overpaying, that's for damn sure because it doesn't cost nine. No, the, the, the money, the money, I get it. People will find creative ways of taking your money so that you have none, and I understand that. It's the fifty-five pills a day that I'm like, yeah. Would you even need to eat if you're taking fifty-five pills a day? That's so many physical space-wise taking up so much in your body. That's yeah. At that point, do you need to eat any any food? Um, are you hungry at all? Well, I think his stomach rotted out because the other thing is Vicodin. Now, you know, for those uh, people who enjoy the pharmaceuticals out there, Vicodin is a tough. It's, there's a lot of acetaminophen in there. There's a lot of filler. Like if you're trying to get that high, it's like I don't. Most people, you know, kind of go up the ladder and you start getting oh Percocet. A little more stronger, you get the 10 milligram Percocet, then you get to Oxycontin, then you get, you know, you, you start to work up the ladder a little. I'm like, this guy was just pounding Vicodins, you know, like where, where, that, like, that's just a lot. That's a lot of filler. Um, it's a lot of Tylenol. I throw up with like Vicodin's a thing on my chart that they're like, don't give this chick Vicodin because if you give it to her, she'll just vomit it everywhere. So it's very impressive to me that you'd be like 55 of them, just stick them in there. Down like, the hatch. Could there be any more Vicodin? <laughs> um, that was a terrible Chandler joke. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. And I don't think you should be down on yourself. Thank you. I think you should give yourself credit for that. For whatever it's worth, I just thought of it. So it's not like I wrote that down. Thank you. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> um, yeah. So he. So basically, here's my beef with this. Of course, everyone, you know, uh, you got to appreciate and you have, you know, humanity and, and, and compassion for everyone, especially someone who's a former current drug user but heroin got got off the, got off the heroin that was ruining my life for a while but still use plenty of other drugs so sobriety abstinence that that wasn't my path but that works for a lot of people that's great the only problem is here he keeps saying in this interview how he's using this opportunity why now they're saying why now are you coming out which we also knew this about him this isn't even new but he's like the reason i'm doing this aside from the book that i'm writing is because i want to help people i need to help people so he keeps saying that so i watched the diane sawyer bit and it's like there's really no by the end there's there's no real help other than like I took 55 like it and then I spent $9 million and now I'm here writing a book uh, is basically the long and the short of it. Cause he's also a big advocate of drug courts. I don't know if you're familiar with these with, with the, with the drug court, the treatment court. Mm-mm. So this is like a, an intervention that's like supposed to be more helpful. He's all about them. Um, but he didn't go to one. He never didn't have to go to one himself, but it's basically if someone gets arrested for just possession that they, they mm-hmm. instead of going right to jails in some counties have like a drug court system set up, which there still is like court in the in the name and it still is punitive. And the idea is basically that you get one chance to go to a treatment program. And if you check yourself and that's like an immediate thing. So the cops will be like, you're getting diverted, you're going to treatment court. And the judge says, you got to go, you know, right now you're starting with piss tests every week. And if you fail your piss test next week, you're off to, you know, you're, you're in jail. So it's a really, you know, it's kind of like this idea of like, well, we're treating addiction as a health issue. Uh, but it still yet involves a judge involved in a health issue. Yeah. Usually a doctors are involved in health issues, not judges. It's a thing to do something, but if you haven't changed the underlying circumstances that led the person, like, okay, yeah, that doesn't seem uh-huh, uh-huh. hyper effective. I, 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 that's not a thing I know a ton about, but I do know people and systems. And normally if something has been leading a person's life to be in a particular direction and you just say, don't go in that direction, it doesn't just suddenly shift. It doesn't just suddenly No, that's change. not how the brain works. Oh, and also, well, we're speaking to a psychologist here, a licensed psychologist. 
Um, uh, so tell tell us about uh, you know from that oh, perspective. Me? I'm not a licensed psychologist. <laughs> You're looking around like is there somebody else on this on this? Uh, oh on this no! Call? I was like, oh no! I have a degree in psychology. No, no, I know. I'm, I'm not kidding. a licensed psychologist. I, I went not. up above and beyond. No, all right. So let's clear air. Not. I, don't, I hope I'm never giving anyone that impression. People are going to be like stolen valor, and I'll be like, I swear <laughs> I did it. I didn't mean to do that. That's not my intent. So okay. this is a Vietnam veteran and licensed psychologist, uh, <laughs> Kenise Mobley, stolen valor. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that seems just even on any level, like not even addiction, but just in jazz, human beings really don't work that way. That's not how behavior works. Like if all of the things are still in place that we're creating that thing, then you're going to still have that thing. I don't that. Yeah. You got to change the material conditions. And I, and yeah. I would say for, for someone like Matthew Perry, oh, the other thing he says, too, is he says, I want people to know the reason I'm telling people is that so everyone is aware this can affect anybody. You know, if it if it can affect me, it can affect anybody. So I don't know. First of all, he's putting himself on this weird pedestal. Like if it can affect me. Yeah. Oh, you mean actors? A lot of them do drugs. What are you talking yeah. about? Yep. Sure. No, very common. Very common in the in this business of ours, this twisted business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's so that's weird. But then it's also like the idea is. There's this PSA that no one needs to know. Everyone already knows this by now. If this feels like a 30-year-old thing to be like, listen, addiction can hit anyone. Anyone. And it's like, it doesn't discriminate. You're like, well, no, the drugs don't because they're chemicals. But the circumstances surrounding people when they get caught using them certainly discriminate. Do. Uh, Yeah, a lot of ways. But they love saying that. Um, Another thing they love saying is uh, the disease thing. Yes. It's all you talk about. It's a disease. It's a disease. It's a disease. So here's how we deal with this, this disease. It's like we send people to court and if they, they get one chance and if they don't cure their disease or at yeah, least like if, overnight, overnight. To, yeah. Done and done. I don't give a shit about anything else. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty outrageous uh, thing that I think hopefully, you know, next generation, generation after that, we'll look back at this and be like, man, that was a really fucked up thing that they called this thing a disease for a long while and just dealt with it like you would a, a crime. You know, that, that's just, yeah. very, you got to like break from the two, you know, that was for a long time. It was, it was a moral failure. It's crime. You go to prison. Blah, blah. Once you've crossed into this idea of this is not a moral failure, it's, a, and it's not everyone's there yet either. Some people are like, fuck it. It's a moral failure. At least they're assholes and they're upfront about it. Yeah. Uh, but the other side here that's being like, this is a disease that you got to like really treat next by next week. Cause like you're getting to get yeah. tested and you're like a, like a cancer. You give it exactly <laughs> one chance to go away yep. and you have to decide to do that. Yep. That's how diseases work. That's how chemotherapy works. It's one blast. And if, if it yep. goes away, great. If not, you're dead. If it's not fixed, you must've made a mistake. That's on you. That's on you. Yeah. You didn't, uh, you didn't work the program properly. Um, yeah. So that's Matthew Perry. Um, also, he insulted uh, Keanu Reeves in his. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot. And everyone was like, fuck this dude. And because Keanu Reeves, people are. I really hope nothing bad comes out about Keanu Reeves. And then we like all have to hate him because right now it's really nice liking him and everyone likes him. And we just agree on that. Nothing but love for Keanu Reeves. And I saw that. Thank you for, for reminding me of that. I almost moved on without saying it. He wrote. Uh, so he, he took a dig and it was also a brutal as someone who's. Been through some shit. I'm down with dark humor. I'm down with at my own expense generally. Uh, but like I'm yes. down with dive, dive in the depths of, of darkness for some laughs. But in this thing, he just randomly says uh, that he, he's talking about uh, uh, River Phoenix. And he's like, you know, uh, River Phoenix, uh, you know, when he died of a drug overdose, I guess Matthew Perry did a movie with him and was like kind of knew him from that. Keanu Reeves was very tight with River Phoenix. Keanu Reeves and River mm. Phoenix were very good friends. Uh, and I'm sure Matthew Perry must know that. Uh, if I know that. Uh, and so so there so he mentions him and he says uh, Heath Ledger, River Phoenix, all the like great artists and, and good thinkers and you know brilliant lights like all the, uh, they're always the ones who die. Why is it? And why is it that Keanu Reeves is still alive? And it's just like, wow, what? Why would you pick him? To, to, yeah. Why, why? And I think that's kind of what Keanu Reeves probably reaction probably was like, what is this shit? What the? 
Okay, what a, what an unforced error. No one was Terrible. asking you. Dude, this was a draft of, a, of a manuscript that shut. went through. Yeah, yeah, no, this went through multiple hands before you published it. Because then he puts out an apology eventually, because of course, you know, we he was rightfully dragged for that. <laughs> Everyone's like, Keanu, what the fuck? He's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry to Keanu Reeves, I'm a big fan. I could have just used my name. I guess in there, like he's trying to throw himself. Keanu Reeves is better than you. Much better than you. More interesting things than you. Much better than you. Yes, yes. He's like just everything about Keanu Reeves. So I'm like, yeah. So you you, instead of saying I wish uh, you died instead of your friend because he was more talented than you, that's essentially like I'm like, bro, that's that that snark at a level where again, how dare you, you Perry? I'm sorry, Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I, you know, he, maybe he hasn't written a hit show either, but God damn it. He's been in things that I love. He's mm-hmm. made jokes about himself. He's like half Asian. And I love that he's in half Asian stuff. Like just yeah. Keanu Reeves is cool as hell. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He'll John Wick. He'll come after you. I'm going to feel so bad if in two years we find out that he like keeps the bones of a lady under his house or something. <laughs> if it's I'm going to feel yeah. so bad. Something. Yeah. At, I hope it's at least at that level. But until we know that. He's cool. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. If something comes up services later, we'll come back. We'll edit this. Yes. We'll give Matthew Perry. We'll be like, Perry knew something we didn't, I guess. Well, uh, Matthew Perry, uh, take care. We're going we're gonna to slide over. You mentioned the 90s. These shows from the 90s. Uh, and I have something here. Uh, um, I, Keith, I don't need to date you, but I was uh, raised in the 80s. And so the 80s and early 90s, I feel like, is, is, was prime time for these anti-drug PSAs. So I, I've pulled a bunch of them. I like to share them with my guests and get their thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little something we call Propaganda Stigma and ALF. Losers are users, so don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Ah! Ah! Which I found, come to find out, it doesn't stand for that at all. It's not Propaganda Stigma and ALF. It's a public service announcement. Uh, but, okay. you know, yeah, so that's, that's apparently what PSA stands for. Uh, but here we are. We have one. Uh, this is a, uh, one from the, I think, maybe 87, 88. Uh, and this is, a, this is a, a, a clinical setting here that we want to take a look at. Let me just, uh, let me hear what you think about it. Now, what's wrong with you? Tonsillitis? Appendicitis. Yes! <laughs> Nobody's died of tonsillitis around here for a while. Appendicitis. Nothing to worry about. Scalpel? What if the joint were in somebody else's hand, like your surgeon, your lawyer, or your local policeman? Would you still say marijuana is harmless? No, let's see if I can still make a straight line. (laughs) What do they think pot is? Right, right. Well, first of all, yes, that that guy is like, you know, I'm like, bro, is this your fucking first first trip around the block here? What are you doing? Like, you're giggling like a goddamn, like a school kid. If they're going to make that argument about that, then they would obviously need to make it about alcohol. And you sure. are allowed to have alcohol. The issue is that you should know when to have it and when not to have it. You shouldn't be doing it. fucking, yeah, you shouldn't be doing uh, shots uh, of, of 151 in the operating room. I mean, that's no. sensible. And they have rules against that. That's They do. Yeah, so, they, they generally do. So that's not a scenario that could ever even happen. But let's say, let's not. give them the like, would you? So here's then at least the question that's asked. If... You're a lawyer, I think it was one. Your doctor, your lawyer, your policeman. So this is like, of course, I don't know what, the, some weird like suburban first grade, like. <laughs> Only professions that existed also in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be a lawyer, a doctor, a policeman. Um, yeah. So th- those are the those are the three professions. Our police officers are high. What are we Very talking high. about? Yeah, they're they're, they're conf- constantly <laughs> they confiscating some... and smoking okay. drugs. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So yes. Um, then uh, lawyers, I mean, I don't know if it helps them work. 
do the research, prepare their arguments. Like, again, I don't really. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Um, in the operating room with a lit joint does feel you like. You can't smoke it, in a hospital, dummy. You can't, no, you can't do that. Did he take some edibles? Edibles, what? even. And again, like maybe. Listen, if I have a surgeon who's like laser focused, he's one of the best. And part of his process is, you know, ingesting some THC beforehand. I don't need to know or whatever if, if, if he's gotten through and, he's, and that's what makes him great. Because I know a lot of people. And he's play, great while doing that. Good on him. Great, when right. I consume pot. I have to go to sleep. It would be very bad to be a surgeon or in the medical profession when you have shifts that are like 24 hours long. I would not be able to smoke pot. Uh, bad news. No, that'd be just bad silly news. To me. Uh, no, you'd just be bumping lines of cocaine in, in the uh, in the operating room to stay up. Yeah, I think all of the, all of that is very. Have you watched the Nick? No, I have not seen the Nick. They, do they do? He's like drugs addicted in the to room? opium, and he's like it, one of the first like operating room, like operating theater surgeon people, and he's like addicted to opium. And so I guess some of them are doing it, and hey, they came up with stuff. So sure, again, probably not doing it in, like moments before putting the person under anesthesia. Probably not doing it right there. I'm, uh, I'm thinking not, but I got I watched like one episode and I liked it. So oh yeah, nine seasons later, they're going to be doing that shit in the operating room for sure. <laughs> they better be. Um, yeah, I feel like this is so that's like the silly part, even if you give them the, the thing of like, is it is, would you still think it was uh, harmless or whatever, which, again, that logic, you follow that. I beg, would you still think a um, I don't know, a fucking let me think of something that's harm, a uh, a steak knife was harmless if a baby had it or like a, I'm trying to think of like <laughs> yeah. the logic where you're like things could be harmless depending on the context versus yes. not as harmless when you're sitting around watching, you know, uh, uh, uh Frazier and smoking weed on the couch like then it's harmless yes but in the operating room you, you change it up there and it, things change that's how that's how circumstances work that's how like, yeah. context context works but yeah so that's those are some of the scare tactics that's a fun one uh, I thought we'd take a look at um you know they, they had some great ones over the years and I'll, I'll be rolling a lot of those out I'm a little younger than you not by much and the one that I remember the most is the early 2000s I think it was Natalie Portman or maybe not Natalie Portman. Who's the chick who was in uh, Josie and the Pussycats? And is, she's all that. Uh, she redid the, this is your brain on drugs. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. What is Natalie name? Portman, I think, Rachel, did it, but the main. Rachel Lee Cook? Yes. Rachel Lee Cook. That's okay. the one I remember. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that, I'll have to pull that one. That's right. I don't, I don't totally remember it now that you, I, I remember that it happened. But... And she's like smashing things and okay. that's your brain on drugs. And it's like, okay. All right. That feels so That's also desperate. your drain with like too little sleep and like uh, abuse from the people who love you. So like, let's, yes, let's, let's calm down. Let's please calm down. Also, that feels desperate because it feels like they're like, oh, you know, the frying egg didn't work. Like the, the kids saw the frying egg. We're like, this is your brain on drugs. And they still did drugs. So I think the problem is you got to take the pan. You got to smash the pan. Smash gotta, things. Yeah. Smash things up at some pan. point. Yeah. At some point, the pan is just going to be like thrown out a window and, and down a ravine, just land at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And then like a semi truck rolls over it and then it explodes and it's like oh, yeah that's your brain I that's guess. your brain <laughs> maybe that'll work well, we'll get into this next segment here really quick uh and you know i just want to preface this by saying too this is we can get as political or not as political as you want about this this is more of the silliness of it all uh, mm. i have this little number uh, scranton joe biden from uh you know claim scranton as his home that's you know in northeastern pennsylvania where i'm from so he, <clears throat> he's a fellow coal country uh, gentleman uh his policies throughout the 80s and 90s have really hurt, and 2000s. I mean, he's been at it for like before he became president for about 40 years as as one of the the, uh, the frontline warriors of the war on drugs. Uh, a lot of great policies coming from his side, from the Democratic side of the aisle, um, and uh, you know, kind of collaborated with a lot of Republicans to to, to really ramp up the uh, the war on drugs. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be Biden time for a little bit here. 
Scranton, 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 Pennsylvania. This is an interesting one. Um, so he, this is from uh, 80 whatever the thing is, Mark. But this is where he's kind of uh, at this point just uh, kind of the- uh, theoretical thrown out there, like uh, something that has actually become somewhat true. Uh, they're working on it now. But let's just see what, where his brain goes back then. Well, let's assume that there was a sufficient body of medical research that suggested that it was theoretically possible to develop a, a, um, a vaccine that would permanently vaccinate a child against the prospects of feeling the impact of or the effects of heroin or cocaine or a particular drug. That may be, it's a bizarre notion, but it would seem to me that there is going to have to be a lot more emphasis uh, on, on the medical research side, at least from this center's perspective. Okay, so that was 1989. Uh, so... I suppose like now, so this is how ludicrous he gets. This is why I enjoy because he said so many crazy things. Uh, the fun thing about that is he's, this is so bizarre to me that it's, it's forcing me to be anti-vax for the first time in my life. <laughs> uh, I'm now an anti-vaxxer in terms of, in wow. terms of this vaccine. Uh, because, would you, I mean, would you agree, disagree that it's, it seems a little disturbing for a parent to like, as much as you want to say, you know, you want your kids to be safe, you want everything, but to like give them a, a vaccine when they're a kid so they can never feel the effects of a drug. We're starting to get into strange territory there, I feel. Yes. I don't. I'm against it. Also. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You look like you're torn. I, I recognize that. It's just that like. And there's there's all sorts of research going on for so many different things. And so this is kind of a simplistic argument saying like it's either or. But we have not cured a lot of diseases, nor do we have vaccines for the diseases that we are currently dealing with. Several epidemics happening. Um, right. I mean, truly right now there's cholera in Haiti. And I – that we would spend time and energy focused on that versus yeah. – the very serious problems that we have. I mean, I drug addiction is a problem, but I do think that we should probably focus more on diseases and things like that than drugs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, cause, cause the best, uh, the best, uh, you know, treatment for, for, for drugs is first to decriminalize, I would say would be before we're trying to worry about some sort of vaccine, some magic bullet thing. uh, Yeah. You're you're very worried. Like, yeah, Doing drugs is bad, like, or not doing drugs is bad. I do drugs. No, but like being addicted to drugs to the point where it's interfering with your life is not the ideal state. But when you make it so that these people are pushed onto the street, yeah, like, and like pushed into dangerous situations to get drugs and all that stuff, that seems like what you would want to address first before, before yeah, yeah, right. Like you can, those things are not as complicated as figuring out body chemistry to make someone not want that, like. No, that seems not at all. more complicated than like making needles safer. <laughs> like, I don't yes. know. Like, is no, that- no, I know. It's true. It, it is. It absolutely is more complicated. Um, and you mentioned before about the material conditions, about changing people's. So that's the other thing, too, is you're just like, now you're going to you're going to fucking pump someone full of a vaccine where they can't feel the effects of a drug, but they're still haunted by the effects of their of their daily circumstance. I'm like, geez, now you're putting people in a. Well, yeah. They don't even have a release. Like, I don't <laughs> know where you go poor, from there. You're not going to have any jobs. That's right. And you can't feel any different. You know what that creates? Nazis. Okay. Uh, Nazis. Um, yes. 
It does. It does. Mm -hmm. It absolutely You had does. a bunch of angry, dispossessed people after World War One, and they didn't know what to do, and they didn't have drugs, and what, oh, what are we going to do? We going to take over everything and impose a third right. That's <laughs> Here how we go. it happens. Boom, boom, boom. Learn it's your so historicalists. Don't do it. <laughs> Learn your historicalists. Yes, allow them to have drugs safely uh, and legally. Uh, and stop worrying about this uh, nonsense because they are. They, there is a company now that is is starting to work on this because because yeah I know. So so it's also now like a real thing that might possibly happen. And again, like you just said, it's like wh wh where where are the priorities? Where it's like some of that I'm sure is with public funding because Big Pharma always yeah. gets public funding. So let's use that but, money for the stuff that we need it for right now. Because also, well, go ahead. We are making it so that people are going to become addicted to different, potentially more dangerous. Stuff. I'm not saying, yep. like, look, not to devil's advocate and not to, because I think sometimes the right, the thing is like, well, if we make this a thing, well, then uh, people can marry dogs or something. The like, slope, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. And I'm not saying that. But I do anticipate, like, the people who are going to rush out and give their children this, uh, I do anticipate they would be a more conservative crowd who may have their priorities misaligned. Those people are not going to grow up and be like, well, I guess since I can't do heroin, I'll just do nothing. And so I do imagine a future where something significantly different um, is created to allow them to do Dude. what they want to do. And then yeah. we've got to deal with that. You got um, it, buddy. You got it. Absolutely. Yep. If, if, if the lab, if they're at work in the lab, to do the thing where then this won't, your opioid receptors, let's just say, are totally blocked forever. Yeah. Uh, then they're, they're going to get back in the lab and be like, well, what can we now synthetically create that will give some other, you know, do that job, but, what, but a different uh, chemical makeup. But what, what are they going to do when that person has pain, though? What are they going to do when that person is Dude, there's a lot, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. There's what a lot, gonna of pro lot of problems. Lot no, of problems. good luck. Sorry, we got to we gotta do an appendectomy, and you got to be fully awake for it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> your, your parents decided that, uh-oh, you might get addicted to heroin. So, That's right. Therefore, so, so now you're going to have to go painful. through. <laughs> We're going to open you up, <laughs> and we got stick. nothing for you. <laughs> Bite, bite down on the stick. <laughs> back luck. to the stick. Yes. Back yeah. to the, 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 yeah, that's going to be, that'd be rough. Imagine if that was the way you found out too, that your parents yeah. did that. If you're like, wait, I'm sorry. What, what happened when I was a big, what? your parents are like, well, listen, we were going to tell you at some, but you know, we just didn't, we didn't tell we you. We didn't want to put it in your brain. That's right. So that's right. we didn't even tell you that you yep. can't. And they're like, oh, well, I was getting ever. high. That's why I was fucking, you know, doing perks with my buddy and I didn't feel anything. I just. I thought I needed to do more. I just kept taking a yeah. ton of Percocet and nothing was working. Isn't that going to still affect them though like can't, are yeah, we saying I mean, that you won't be able to overdose on a thing no is this well i i guess what this is saying is that because there's so the medications that are, exist in terms of medication assisted treatment for opioid uh withdrawal is like you got methadone buprenorphine is one of the great ones that that, that they've finally started to make more accessible a little bit uh but those those are just like things naltrexone they, they use but that's not as great but the idea being that they block the opioid receptors it's like a partial antagonist so you don't you okay. don't feel the craving as much and you also don't feel like you wouldn't get high really from mm -hmm. like doing like it's like a kind of a of a of a, of a like a just keeps you at the middle of the road you know what i mean so you're not mm -hmm. you're not okay. you're not desperate to to get high but you're also not like whatever so that's kind of the idea behind at least buprenorphine as this being used so it's like People argue against that for saying, oh, that's just like a form of drugs. By the way, I'm like, well, who cares? Then the people should just use the, those drugs, whatever drugs they want to use. But like, yeah, I think that this idea, what he's saying and what, some, what I read at least a little bit that there's been some research 
done on that they might be doing this is the people who made uh, uh, Narcan, which is a great thing where you like to save it someone's from overdose. But what it does is it blocks. I have Narcan in my home because they were giving out uh, Narcan kit, like just in case. Yeah. Hell yeah. Can you? Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to, uh, to save someone's life and be prepared for that. That's like the open arms in the community rather than like, go die in a gutter if you're, if you're over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I does think Does the that, junkie's life matter? That's a great yeah, question. Yeah. They're Geraldo. Yes, that's right. We answered it, Geraldo. It does. Uh, it does. Yeah. So, so Biden, so Biden's, uh, this idea here is like, cause the people who did Narcan is like, so the Narcan hits you and it does block all your opioid receptors. So the one thing about overdosing on Narcan is you also go to instant withdrawal when you wake up though, is the other thing. So you got to like get somewhere and whatever. So it saved your life, but it is, it's a very intense, like, so I think they're trying to develop that into a, like, it probably wouldn't be a one-time vaccine either. It'd probably have to happen okay. over time. But the idea being that they do that at your parents do that. And then you can't go out and get high because your opioid receptors are blocked. So you, even if you did the drug, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, have the effects on you. So I think the idea that he's kind of thrown out here as like a, a theoretical, that's now almost a reality is that you would do that for your kids. And they you just like, go ahead, go get high if you want to, but it's not going to do anything. But only on opioids <laughs> right right but like there's not it, it, cocaine is not an opioid no 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 they're, they're, weed they're so, is not an opioid no and can you imagine so, okay, how much weed you're gonna smoke alcohol your parents isn't fucking an opioid <laughs> yeah no i know what? it's weird it's weird it's 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 very it's very weird another thing if you flash forward you want to talk about kids that's the uh, it's whole other thing um in terms of parents making their own decisions for their kids that's their own business but an adult what's very tricky about this is you're forcing people now into the under the guise of treatment of a disease, you're forcing them into drug court and into jail still. So now if we start talking about like forced vaccines, we're getting into a really weird place where you're like, if there was a vaccine where you go, man, you know, these people are sick. God bless them. You know, I, they, I, I feel bad for them, but could you possibly just like, you know, make them take this, va- there's this vaccine that exists, right? That you can, they wouldn't be able to get high. So can't we just like, can't that be a part of the, the, the drug court? And you're just like, now judges are just sticking needles in people. And, and you know, that it feels just gets- like forced sterilization to me. And I'm not, I'm not saying uh-huh. they're exactly the same, but just the idea that like, we've deemed that the best solution is to like, take away choice later. And that, yeah, that I, that really feels a key to me. Yeah, it is. Because it if is. we're saying that, if we're saying that, then any man who's like a- accused of rape should also uh, get. And um, are we doing that? No. Yeah. So, no, no. Well, no, no. We don't. We can't ever do that. Let's not get we'll out of hand do that. We'll here. Literally, Lord. never do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. We won't. We'll, we'll barely investigate that, those claims. No. Oh, um, the, the rape kit backlog is still existing, and people are just like, eh. yeah. They're like, huh, I don't know. They're like, we want to make we want to make some room in here in this closet. Should we just throw out all these old rape kits? Should we yeah. throw them in the trash? No, it happens. Like the worst thing that happened to a lot of people. Should we just uh-huh. ignore it entirely, even though a crime was committed? Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's fun. Uh, we need to make room for all these vaccines. Um, yeah. That, that, <laughs> so let's let's just you know let's hope oh! as we get to so, yeah solutions here that they're a little bit more of the variety of like yeah let's uh if you do think this is a disease which you know we could argue about anyway and we could say how much that how much that has actually helped the cause of people like i think initially people thought if we double down on this disease thing then people will feel bad and they'll help people and i'm like well unfortunately our entire healthcare system here is not set up to help anyone who doesn't have any money so the other thing is it's like we got people with diabetes who have to fucking go get their insulin in 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 mexico take a bus trip you know to go get yeah. insulin so i'm like at this point it's like i don't know what a disease if it's a disease not a disease whatever it is stop putting people in fucking jail for it like we'll we'll sort it out from there I had a pretty significant health thing, and I'm like, okay, how do I marry someone who lives in Europe so if anything happens again, <laughs> it won't financially ruin me? Yeah. yeah yep, yep. Um, if you listen to this podcast and you do live in Europe, uh, no, uh, I 
am available for a, uh, it's not a green card in Europe, whatever it's called. Um, we can figure it out. Kinesis here for it. Yes. Um, marrying into healthcare. That's what we have to do in the, in the richest country in the world. You got to marry into it. You know what I mean? You don't get born with that. That's, that's something you marry into. You got to marry up. Ideally, EU citizenship, just because it covers a bunch of countries sure. in part of Ireland, but not the UK. I don't really sure. know. It's kind of in the air right now, but <laughs> I want I want legal status. Yes. Yes. That's uh, we can make that happen. We got to make that happen. Also, you mentioned really quick, you had a medical uh, thing. Do, uh, <laughs> was there was there anything like in terms of of the drugs that you were using leading up to your uh, stroke? If you don't want to talk about it or do you? I can talk that. about it. Um, so Kenise recently had a, a, had a stroke. So tell, tell people about that. Uh, so I had a stroke. I was in Utah. Um, and I had earlier in the day, like gone horseback riding with my friends. And then I was at this, uh, ceremony where they were releasing birds and there was a spoken word person. And the whole time my mood was not good because my, my neck and head were just like hurting. So I like took an edible cause I was like, Oh, I'll just relax. Like it's medical marijuana from New York. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, even if it wasn't, whatever, but it, it was. And so I was like, I'll just get into a warm bath and relax and then I'll feel better tomorrow. And it's so good that I did not do that. Um, it's so good that like, instead of happening truly five minutes later when I was like in my locked hotel room oh, by myself and they wouldn't have found me that it was like, you have, all the hotel rooms are like outside. And so like to get, I was like walking up a hill and I fell on the hill and I was on the phone with my mom. I'm so lucky. Like some of the circumstances leading up to it were quite lucky, but yeah, I was on the phone with my mom. And so like I fell, I didn't think anyone was around, but like a minute later, someone walked up and was like, this lady's lying on the ground and her phone is still going. Picked up the phone, talked to my mom, asked my mom questions about my health. My mom's like, no, she doesn't have Bell's palsy, which is the thing that makes half of your face uh, slump. Right, right, right. So she was like, oh, this person's having a stroke. And then she called the ambulance, but also got my mom's phone number. Like they were able to talk to her while I was completely out and like going into surgery and stuff. And so when I woke up, my mom and my sister were already there in Utah, which was so lucky because if I had had navigate that by myself super bad also utah is like truly the hospital is across the street from brigham young university Uh like super mormon and like a couple of nurses asked me if i was married and like so just and like (laughs) it was clear that they hadn't been around black people before in a certain way so it was so helpful that there was someone there that cares about me being alive because i don't think i would have gotten the level of care that i received if people who were conscious weren't there to be like, wait, 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 make sure this happens. We're yeah. watching like that kind of stuff. Brutal. I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. And, and this was right before you were going to take this edible as well. This is right before you were going to take or right after. Was it before? Or after? Oh, so I took the edible at oh, you dinner. Did. Oh, you and did. So I it. ate yeah, yeah. my dinner and then I uh, watched them release these birds. And then I was walking back. And then you're walking. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's wild, man. That's wild. Yeah. Well, and they still don't know what, why. Like, they don't know. They, they, I'm, I have to get tests done all the time because they're like, a person, like, I, I don't have high blood pressure. I don't, like, they're, yeah, I'm, like, relatively healthy. I exercise. Mm-hmm. All my stats are good. And yep. so, yeah, they were like, we don't know. Yeah, so. that's wild. No, if I if I had one, I, I could see that. You are young and, and <laughs> healthy. We are close in age. Oh, you my. No, I'm a thousand years a old. On the inside, you I'm 80. You aren't. You aren't. Um, but, yeah, they were like, we have no idea because, yeah, we've 
because I do go to the doctor regularly. I have like charts with this health organization that I'm with. And so they like, they're like looking back, there's nothing that would indicate that this would happen. So yeah, they don't know That's what's wild. going on. Did you have COVID recently or did you ever have it? I had COVID in March. And it's so interesting in the North, like in this, it shouldn't be this divide, but there are some people who I can tell by the way they're asking it. Cause some people are like, maybe it's related to COVID as in having COVID as in like the disease of COVID may potentially have these things. While as other people, they ask it and you can tell by like the twang and the intonation with which they ask it, if they think it is the vaccine and they're like, ah, yes, the vaccine yes, gives yes, people yes. strokes. And yes. so like, <laughs> I had no twang so, on, on, I had no twang. You had no twang. And so no. I felt comfortable answering that. But when people ask it with the twang, oh, I'm always yeah. like, did you have COVID? Did you have COVID? COVID? The Did you get the vaccine? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, don't, oh boy. don't do that. Because everyone I know had the vaccine. Stop. Stop. Yes, this Stop. is not a yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Please shush. Please shush. Yeah. No, we're, we're uh, I'm anti-vax, uh, anti-heroin uh, uh, vax, uh, but, but yes. yeah, pro-vax pro otherwise. Um, yeah, that's a, uh, but anti-mandate, I guess. But so there, I don't know. I'm Scott. It's a complicated thing, but, but mm. vaccines, are, mm. um, but mandates are tough. Mandates are tough. Uh, it is tough. Um, but yeah, anyhow, I think uh, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that you're feeling much better. Uh, and I, I, I'm I, glad that I lived as well. I, uh, <laughs> that's where I thought I might not. And sure. it is a weird experience to be like, oh, well, I guess I succeeded. I don't know. <laughs> well, you got your special coming out. I mean, what the hell you're working on? It, so at least, you know, you still have. You still have stuff it's, to give the world. It's like I suppose it's, it's so fucked up because it was like I recorded that album on Friday and truly the following Wednesday I was in the hospital. So it was like oh, very wow. it was very rapid. Like I recorded it and then uh, two days later I flew to Utah and then I had a stroke. <laughs> and so oh. it was like I woke up and like then it was like, hey, you, there's stuff you have to do for the album. And I was like, I will do it when I can <laughs> because. Yes. Do you ever imagine like a like a like a butterfly effect or a, like um I don't know I was gonna say like a Scrooge uh, Ebenezer Scrooge some situation where you were if if you did die uh and your special came like would someone put your special like a friend of yours maybe put your special out and it would come into the world post posthumously it would because I did it with a record company so they would so have they still released would. it sure. but I hope it would make this is fucked up. I wanted to make some money, but if I died and it didn't make any money, I'd be mad as hell, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, You're like, that come sounds on. bad, but like, okay, whatever. Wait, okay, so I posted when I left the hospital that I had a stroke, right? And it got a certain amount of likes or whatever. But mm -hmm. on the same day, somebody else posted like, oh, I had a seizure. And somebody else was like, oh, I feel free to speak my truth. I have cancer, da 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 da, da. Oh, And I was boy. like, can I have like one day? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know these are the worst impulses, but I was like, you okay, you have cancer, but you didn't just get cancer, bitch. Why do you have to choose today? <laughs> today, like, yes, please. I, yeah. This just came out of nowhere. This hit me out of nowhere. Like this was yeah, a random. Out of nowhere. You yeah. could have posted this yesterday. You could post this tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. still the same. Like, yeah, but yeah. okay. No, I, so. I listen. I feel you. That's human. That's human. Stuff. You're like, man, this is stealing thunder of all days. I was like, you see, hit send on that post, and you're like, all right, I'm just gonna sit back okay. and watch him pour in. And but, then, let people be happy that I'm. Oh, yes. they don't. They they care about other oh, shit. Oh, they're getting pulled cool. in a different. The algorithm has fucked me now because yeah, yeah, yeah. too many diseases in the algorithm today. Jesus, too many medical conditions. So, oh boy! Yeah. Well, that's uh, I, I normally say when 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 uh, um, segueing into this next 
segment. I usually say uh, that we want to get to know more about our guest, but we just got to know a lot yeah, of you. Also, thank you for a, sharing. There's a lot about me. I'm sorry. No, I, we want a ton about you. We want more. Um, okay. And thank you for sharing that, uh, that your situation there. I think uh, this one is going to be uh, a little bit uh, lighter and weirder. Uh, this okay. is uh, Inside the User Studio. Also, sometimes it's not light, but it's always weird. Uh, the night, the glasses, nice touch, nice touch. Thank you. Uh, we end our podcast session with a weekly dose version of the questionnaire that was used masterfully for 24 years by the great James Lipton inside the actor's studio. And the first question is, Kenise Mobley, what is your favorite drug? My favorite drug is probably alcohol. It's Booze. the thing that I... I didn't start drinking until after I was 21 because I was very rule abiding. I like uh, following rules uh, sometimes, not anymore, whatever. It's fine. And I remember like the first time drinking, finally feeling comfortable in a way that I hadn't felt comfortable before. And it uh, until recently has been nice for me where when I drink, I feel good. And then after the stroke, based on medication, they're like, you can't drink no more. So it, yeah, it's a thing that was nice and had good experiences and good social stuff associated with it. And now I can't do it no more. My goodness. Like all those poor vaccinated children who grew up and couldn't do the drugs <laughs> they wanted to do. Fairness, you can understand. What is your least favorite drug? Probably Vicodin because when I had Vicodin, I just vomited a bunch. Like I had all of my teeth removed on the same day. And so they were like, take a couple. Every like, tooth. All of my teeth. Was Every like, single tooth was removed on the same day. My goodness. What a surgery. What a procedure. Yeah, it's weird. These are fake. I didn't even get nice ones. I got just weird they're, ones. They're dynamite. They're what are you fake. kidding me? That's a dynamite. Now that I got a gap, they're like funny size. <laughs> they're a little chiclety for me. And I wish they were like longer. I don't know. I don't want them to be like long like a rat, but I do want them to not be like perfectly square, just a little bit longer to say these are human teeth, you know. And they, so they took the four back ones out. And then, like, one, they put me on laughing gas. They didn't give it. They were like, oh, we thought you were fine, so we didn't give you all of it. And I was like, give me all of it because I can fucking feel it as you're trying to break this tooth apart in my gums and then pull out the pieces because you can't pull it out straight away. Up the nitrous Um, oxide, please. Yeah, get more. I yelled at a lady that she was a sadist bitch. (laughs) This is apparently a thing I didn't know that would happen, but if I am under some sort of influence and a medical sense and they're not doing what I think they should be doing. I will yell at them. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. In the hospital, I was under drugs and apparently I yelled at them. Get me back to a blue state. Get me back to a blue state. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, you have to be your own advocate there, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they, yeah, they gave me Vicodin. I just remember like spitting up blood and taking the vitamin and then just vomiting a lot. And then just oh. being like, I'm done with Vicodin. Vicodin's done guys, guys, Vicodin's done. Oh, that's unfortunate. A pain, painful. Yeah. Uh, pers- uh, the wisdom, I suppose, of the wisdom yes. tooths. Yes, that's, they're gone. That's I'm tough dumb. With no, I'm dumb no, as hell yeah. now. Oh my! Well, with wonderful chiclet teeth, but no wisdom <laughs> in the back. No, it's gone. What What age were you the first time you found yourself under the influence? Twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Mm-hmm. What celebrity's overdose death has had the most profound effect on you? Uh, that is a great question. I think the one that I remember the most strongly i don't know if that's the right word um honestly it was weird michael jackson died when i was 
living in Boston. And I just remember people, and I'm not like a huge Michael Jackson fan. Don't come at me and be like, you must love child rape if you oh, like Michael fuck. Jackson ever. And it's like, whoa, 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 yes. I'm sorry. I grew, I grew up in the 80s. So like, I, yeah, okay. In fact, you're like, I've never heard Thriller. I, in fact, only like Michael Jackson for the child rape. So <laughs> yeah, you got me there. You got me there. One of the things I, no. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just imagine someone, because I've been like people on the internet have yelled at me in the past. I do imagine them taking if I say like jokingly like, "Oh, I'm just here for the child rape." They'll be like, "Knees Mobley says she." Oh loves yes, ah yes, the internet. <laughs> yeah, um, but I just remember like the entire train in Boston just being like looking at their phones and be like, "Did you hear Michael Jackson?" And it was like a point of conversation. A lot of people were like talking about it and they were playing it in certain bars. And I just remember it being very present in a way that maybe some other deaths weren't as present. Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, what is your favorite slang word for cannabis? I say pot, but I'll always laugh if someone says sticky icky. Ooh, the sticky icky. Yes. That's just very funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so silly to me. That's like, so is. silly. What drug would you like to deal for a living? Something, uh, prescription drugs. Uh, and that simply means that uh, prescription drugs as an industry make billions of dollars. Sure. Um, trillions of dollars worldwide and mm -hmm. so being pfizer if i if i was miss kenise pfizer <laughs> yeah. and i could have all that money give me that money yes yes although i would feel guilt about you know like drug dependencies and manipulating people whatever sure but sure sure but if know. i was going to be a drug dealer anyway don't hate the, the player. The way I would like game. to do it is the way that would get me the most money and not subject me for some reason to any criminal liability. That's big pharma. That is big pharma for you. What drug would you absolutely not like to deal under any circumstances? Whatever drug specifically affects children. Like if there's like mm. if there's cocaine that doesn't affect adults, but just affects just children. children. Cocaine for children. Well, I think that's uh, yeah. co uh, uh, fruity pebbles. I believe. Uh, well, I wouldn't want to deal that either. No, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a Your grocer. Sugaries. Um, the sugary yeah. cereals are pretty. Uh, yeah. You know. Yes. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear Michael Jackson say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, no. Do we think Michael Jackson's in heaven? Um, do we think any millionaires in heaven? Do we think any rich, rich people are in heaven? No, no rich people in heaven. As you breeze past him at the gates, As he's not in heaven. Him. Oh, okay. Was like, yes, he's on the outside uh, waiting. Hey, let me in. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fucked up. I don't know that I would get into heaven. I think that the if we're looking at strict biblical stuff, like the way they calculated, it's like 144,000 people across all of time will get into heaven as seen by someone's weird fever dream drugs about like in the book of Revelations or something. I'm not exactly sure about the numbers, but it's a very small number of people sure. that they say will get into heaven, heaven. And I don't think I'm like, I'm not like Mother Teresa. I didn't do well, also. She's well, Mother Teresa ain't in heaven. I, I got yeah, news she, for she it. Did some bad stuff too. That's like, right. Christianity associated with getting food, and that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I don't know if like I in the afterlife, which could just be what is it, the plains of Asphodel, just a big open. <laughs> yes. Nothing like a, just a big open. I guess we do this for a while. Um, I'd probably be like, hey, I hope you're getting better. Just um. Like, I hope that the pain that you were having, you're not experiencing that. But also the things that you were leading to, the things that you were doing, hoping to lead to some sort of sense of well-being that actually hurt other people, that you no longer feel the need to do that. So I hope you're getting better. 
um, as I hope I'm getting better and that us in this odd additional lifetime, <laughs> however long use it, goes it for on. good. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful thought in the uh, in the in the abyss, in the great abyss of the afterlife. Yeah, it'll just be us walking around in a murky darkness underground. I don't know where it is. Right here. It's right here. We don't need to go up or down to find heaven or hell. It's right here on Earth. It's right here. Well, Kenise Mobley, these are your drug users. <laughs> oh, my. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, that was wonderful. Kenise's album is going to be out. Follow-up question. Uh, it's not a posthumous album, uh, and we're very thankful for that. Uh, so you can get that. Uh, or I mean, hell, fuck. It, it, there's a month until it like comes out for real, for real. So, Ooh, so my. Don't jinx me, man. No, <laughs> and if try, and but. I promise you, I will make it. I will make it my full time job if you do to make that hit the top of the charts. Because, Thank like you, you said, if that thing doesn't important. sell, somebody I'm tries to steal so that. I'm so fucking pissed. Dude, if I die, if I go through the trouble of dying and people don't buy my fucking album, <laughs> I mean, what else can you do? The ultimate hustler. I'll be so mad. Oh, nah. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll pick that up. Kenesmobley.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and thank, thank you. you so much to everyone for tuning in to your weekly dose. Hey, America, Self-Medicated Weekly Dose is hosted and produced by me, Murph Meyer, with support from Pop Culture Collaborative. Our theme song is My Congressman by 15, courtesy of Jeff Ott and Hopeless Records. Original artwork and production design by Diana Kolsky. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the program, you can listen to new episodes of Weekly Dose every Wednesday. Just look for the Murph Meyer as Self-Medicated feed wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, subscribe to the Self-Medicated YouTube channel to see new video clips from the show each week. Follow me on Instagram at Murph Meyer. And for some top-shelf harm reduction resources, head over to selfmedicatedpod.com. Also, don't forget, you can call the Weekly Dose podcast anytime to leave me a voicemail message with your thoughts on drugs and the people who use them. Just pick up the phone and dial 443-MK-ULTRA. All right, that's about it for me. I'll see you next week. Love and solidarity. Goodbye.